Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Metroplex. It's game day on your home of America's team. Mike Golick Jr. is going to join us at 840 to preview the college football playoff with our TCU Horn Frogs in at Babe Laufenberg at 9 a.m. He was already hitting me up last night in Nashville. And Bobby, you were able to get us Andrew Whitworth on the Amazon Prime coverage. Possible, probable future Hall of Fame offensive lineman who teams are still begging to come back. And Andrew is now joining us here on Sean and Bobby on the Diamond Factory Hotline. Good morning, man. How are you? Sean and Bobby, what's going on? How's TV? Doing great. Yeah, we're doing well. How's TV been? You know what? It's been a lot of fun, man. I I don't know if I really understood I'd have this much fun, you know, getting to go every week to all these stadiums and kind of investing and getting to know each team. It's been really exciting and fun to be a part of this group. Long-term career for you? You can see yourself doing it for a long time? I'll tell you what, it's a whole lot of fun, so I don't see why you wouldn't if you, if you had the opportunity, that's for sure. Have you said something to where you were like, ah, my cell phone may light up, another player may hit me up, I'm still boys and friends. Have you said something that, you know, got a little bit of backlash from the uh, the player community? Uh, I think, you know, when you look at the game of football, if you're always kind of evaluating, you know, what's good football and what's not, you got to just be confident in how you see it. And I think, yeah, it definitely comes up. There's times where you might say something that, you feel like, oh, man, somebody's definitely going to have the feelings hurt or just be a little irritated that you had to say that. But if you feel like it's, it's what's right and how you see the game, I think you got to be willing to be honest and, and, you know, paint that picture. What is your film study difference now versus when you were a player? I think Romo was talking about or, or, or Brady or Drew Brees was saying, oh, you know, it's, it's not a lot less as a commentator than it was as a player. What, what is it like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, if you really think about playing the, you know, offensive line, you know, you're understanding defenses and you're studying the way you're playing, but you may not be looking at the entire picture all the time, every week of every team. And I think really it's been exciting for me because it's almost all new stuff. I mean, learning the quarterbacks and understanding, you know, what they're being asked to do and some of the offensive schemes that you may have, you know, got a chance to watch before but never really dive into. So getting to do that and understand the coaches and kind of the front office and how they set up their teams, uh, that part's been really invigorating to, to kind of look at the big picture and kind of zoom out a little bit. So I think for me, that's been really probably the part that's been the most fun is every week taking it on, like I'm scouting or learning about a team and a franchise and want to understand exactly how they tick and who they kind of lean on the most as a team. And, and so I think that part's been, you know, interesting to get to know how the league works from a bigger picture specter than really just your spot and your position. Are you doing those – are you involved in those, you know – Thursday or Friday night meetings with the coach and like the QB. Are you involved in the, in all those? No, that'd be more like your TV, you know, that actually calling the actual game, uh, you know, stuff like that analyst. So 
and broadcasters. So that, that's more their thing. I think ours is a little more what's cool being a former player is just the reach you have and reaching out to guys on the team and even coaches, obviously, at my age. You know, while I was playing, I was as old as most of the coaches. So uh, just getting to reach out to those guys and talk to them a little bit behind the scenes of, of their team and where they're at in the year. So I think that part's been, uh, you know, something you enjoy being a former player. You have a pretty good connection, you know, this quickly with the game, stepping away from it and being involved in this, uh, you have a really, really good connection to the locker rooms. We're talking with Andrew Whitworth here on 105 Through the Fan. Andrew, uh, you know, we're always really curious for the national perspective. We talk about Dak Prescott so much here in Dallas uh, and, and, and our own thoughts and our own debates about him and his level of play. We're always curious for kind of what the outside perspective is nationally. What is your take on on Dak Prescott and, and how he stacks up as, as one of the you know, you know, in the hierarchy of top quarterbacks in the NFL? Well, I think it's one of those things that, you know, you really look at Dallas's inability here, you know, in the recent times to, to find a way to win it in the playoffs and, and get to that NFC championship and then get to the Super Bowl has really, you know, put something that almost creates a label on him to where nothing will ever be good enough until he accomplishes that because everything gets dissected from there. You know, I can remember being in Cincinnati when we went to the playoffs you know, six out of eight years or seven out of eight years, something like that. And, you know, it's like if, because we didn't win a playoff game, it's almost like we weren't any good. And people forget how many games we won and, and really the credit you want to get for how you play your position and how you execute and win. And I think Dak's in that, that way. I mean, you really look at his stats compared to a lot of other guys. He puts up a lot of great numbers and has a lot of success and wins a lot of football games. But he doesn't seem to have that win where you go, all right, man, you know, we're taking that next step to really who we are as a franchise and this is why he's here is to play in these big games and these big moments. And you just want to see him have that moment. You know, and I think this year they have just as good a team as any uh, to have that opportunity. You know, there's uh, Micah Parsons obviously got off to a really hot start. We were just talking during the last segment about how he had been the runaway favorite for defensive player of the year for much of the year. Uh, it's it's kind of shifted over now to Nick Bosa. Um, because he's, he's, you know, not had the same sort of production rushing the quarterback as he did earlier in the season. For you as an offensive lineman, if, if you were going up against Micah Parsons, how would you look to attack him? How would you look to neutralize him? Because he's, he's obviously a very difficult matchup for offensive linemen. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at him and Nick Bosa, man. They're, they're as rare as it gets in, in two different styles of rushers. But, uh, you know what, there's a reason both of them are up there because they're both tremendous at what they do. But, you know, I think for him, what's, what's unique about it is it's just how fast he's gone from a guy that you might not might play some off the ball backer to a rusher and then out of nowhere become just unblockable. I mean, he literally, he went from last year like, a, like, oh, man, this guy's a really good rusher, to this year just dominating games and, you know, not just his just rushing, but just his overall effort and his play. But I think, yeah, going against him, what you got to understand is I, I thought it's interesting to see him over the last few weeks. He's continuing to still, you know, invent himself and find himself a little bit and grow and, there's new rushes and new little hezzy moves and, and kind of some jump rushes that he's doing that uh, are interesting to watch and, and see him kind of start to work his game a little bit. What are the other things I can do? I, I think of Nick Bosa and how successful he was at a young age in the league. You know, he was most, mostly a bull SWAT guy, and now he's started to work in a spin and some underneath moves. And I think what's, what makes Micah so special is that ability to stop and start that he has. And so when you're playing him, you really got to be a lineman that has control of your feet, you know, and able to kind of play basketball and understand that he's going to stop and start you over and over again. And his ability to finish and, and really at the top of the rush accelerate to the quarterback is, is really rare. 
You know, I, I know there's been a lot of discussion about how offensive line is a, a position in the NFL that uh, I think a lot of people feel like is is thin. Like teams are always looking for as many offensive linemen as they can stack up because it's hard to find, you know, five really good ones, uh, much less depth. How impressive is it what the Cowboys have been able to do in terms of protecting Dak Prescott, being able to run the ball like they have, even with some of these injuries they've sustained, you know, with Tyron Smith being out for a period, Terrence Steele out now, Tyre, you know, Tyler Smith starting as a rookie at left tackle. How impressive is the job that Joe Philbin and, and the offensive line coaches and, and group have done there? I mean, it's really impressive. I mean, to, to have some of the rotation they've had, uh, you know, having old Jason Peters there to, to, to be a part of that room, I thought was a really good move. Um, just from a veteran presence, regardless of how many snaps they actually thought he played throughout the year. Just being there for those guys and, and being in that room already makes people better just from his understanding and experience of the game. But, yeah, it's, it's impressive to see them do that. And then, you know, for Tyron Smith to come back and jump over at right tackle back where he started his career, uh, I, I couldn't have more respect for the ability to do that because I think people forget sometimes. I mean, talking to Richard Sherman, you know, and, and a lot of corners who've played one side most of their career, we always joke about, you know, it's literally you feel like you've never played football before when you flip <laughs> your feet like that. It's, it's really challenging. And so for him to go in there and play the way he's played, uh, you know, and to step right in and play right tackle, it's really impressive. What have you seen from Tyler Smith? Uh, I, I thought the Cowboys were screwed when Tyron got hurt. That's the way it's been over the past few years. And then yep. Tyron Smith is going to play right tackle for this rookie on the left side. What have you seen in his game, Andrew? Yeah, he just continues to grow. And, I mean, as an old lineman, that's what you want to do. There's going to be bumps and along the way, and you're going to have moments where you're going to play a guy that you've never seen. And I think that's the thing people have to give patience to as a lineman. It's a lot about feel. It's about like being a boxer or a wrestler in the sense that you kind of got to learn who you're going against and what they're good at and how you can block it. Because watching tape is great, but until you feel it, until you've seen a guy like, man, okay, his, this is how good his spin move is, or this is how good his long arm or his bull rush or his hesitation moves are in person and actually gone through the rep, there's really no way for you to truly value how good they are at things. And so I think for, for him, just to see him continue to grow over the year, have a better understanding week in and week out of who he's facing and what they're good at, I mean, that's what you want to see is that the steps are taken forward. I'm learning every time. It doesn't mean every ref's perfect, but it means that I'm always growing and finding new ways to kind of reach the success I want to play with. And I think that's been so impressive. Just I think not the mistakes or the positive games, but the steadiness, that he just continues to be really steady and really consistent. I think that's a great compliment for an offensive lineman. So with the points being down this year, everyone's trying to figure out different reasons with different theories. And one of them I heard was that offensive line play is bad, that it has regressed. Do you agree with that? And what would be some of the reasons if, if, you, if you do think that that has been a factor? Yeah, I mean, I hear people say that. And I think it's tough because, you know, I think there's a combination of things, guys. I mean, you know, the real, reality is the way your linemen are challenged today is not even close to what I was challenged at when I got in the league in 06, even in 2012, 13. I mean, today, defenses – and coordinators and defensive line coaches, they understand how to stress protections and rush patterns and everything else better than ever. I mean, it's, it is some of the toughest downs that I've ever seen in third down now in the league compared to what it used to be. I mean, you used to get a four-man rush, and you knew where everybody was, and you kind of knew by rotation who's coming. And now 
everything's disguised. Everything's, man, you're getting picked by this guy. and you, This guy's penetrating the line this way. Or who's their worst player? We're going to attack him first and then have some kind of twist or combination off of that. I mean, the challenge is now to be an offensive lineman that is much harder than it's ever been. And a lot of quarterbacks and, and coordinators who just want to sit back there and play shotgun and tell you exactly what they're doing and, you know what, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, they're saying, hey, I'm going to stand right back here at eight yards all game long, and we're going to try to get the ball out in time. So I think there's a lot of things that go into sacks and pressures and quarterbacks get bit more so than just O-linemen. I think that's hard for people to understand, but that's the reality. And I just think O-linemen today are challenged way more than they ever were when I first got in the league. Hmm. We're talking with Andrew Whitworth from uh, Amazon Prime, their Thursday night football analyst. Andrew, I'm curious, you know, we hear players sometimes talk about, you know, uh, fans don't understand the the injuries we battle through or analysts don't understand, you know, these assignments or these route concepts. And, and it's a frustrating thing when you're getting criticized um, from fans and analysts when you feel like they, they don't have a good understanding of, of the nuances of those sorts of things. What, as, as a player and now somebody who's in the analyst chair, What's something you wish you you could communicate or or you wish fans, analysts, everybody would understand a little bit better about the game that they maybe don't have a a great understanding of? Well, I think it's it's really, uh, you know, how much time you got. Uh, No, uh, you know, it's interesting when you when you sit and watch a game, especially from, you know, you're just talking from my position, offensive line. I mean, understanding sometimes the, the false starts or the holds and, and, you know, you get mad at a guy because he holds the guy when the ball gets outside of him. And the truth is he's being taught all week, hey, this is where I want to block this guy because the ball will never get there. And then it gets out there, and there's no way for him to get his hands out from where they are fast enough. I mean, on film it looks like that, but that's not how it actually happens. And so there's a lot of things where the lineman's doing exactly what he's supposed to do, but somebody else or some aspect of the play has happened to force him in a tough position. And I think that's one of the things that's hard for people to really value and understand leverage and how plays are supposed to work, that, you know, it's really about all 11. And and so you, you really have to have a deep dive to know truly whose fault it is on certain things. And then it just drives me crazy when I hear, you know, broadcasters or whatever calling a game, blaming the O-line for protections and stuff. And when you know it well enough to know who's hot and who's actually supposed to have who and, uh, you know, this one's on the quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of protections where the quarterback has a guy too or a running back has a guy too. And it's like, hey, this guy's coming and, and you know, people are killing the O-linemen. But the reality is they blocked all the guys they were supposed to, you know. And so there's a lot of things like that that could be frustrating for linemen a lot of the time. And I think that's just the nature of their position. I don't think it's a fault by people because you wouldn't know unless you knew the protection. But it's just the nature of what they do, and they have to become numb to some of that and understand that it's just about going out and doing their job and, and not listening to some of that commentary sometimes and, and having just a value in what they do and being consistent. Who are the Titans going to play tonight, and how do they have a chance in this one? Man, that is, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I, suddenly, in some ways, it could turn into you know a game two in the preseason where one team's decided to play their starters and the other decided not to. You know, so. Uh, just kind of, it's going to be interesting to see the actually field on the, you know, put out there. And, uh, you know, I think the key thing for the game for the Cowboys is to continue and build off of last week's win and, and uh, say, hey, let's keep our confidence high. Because this time of year, it's really not about anything you've done all, all season long. I mean, if I well know it, it's we, yeah. we, how many times have we lost to the San Francisco 49ers? Uh, and then we found a way to get to the NFC Championship and to find a way to beat them. And who cares? They beat us 10 times in a row, 14 times in a row. We won the only game that matters. Uh, 
And and so for the Cowboys, in my mind, it's about ignore everything, you know, whether people think you can beat the Eagles, all this stuff, stay confident, keep building, and just get hot at the right time. That's all you want to do in the playoffs, get healthy and get hot. The healthiest teams and the hottest teams win. And right now they have a chance to be one of those teams. And so I think they just got to keep that positive momentum going. And uh, for Tennessee, it's really about rest everybody and, and one last shot to see if we can win this thing next week. Andrew, your phone, we think, blew up a ton when Tyron went down. Uh, you were providing us with some Twitter updates. How close did it ever get with the Cowboys? Did you really consider it? And what can you say about this new Cincinnati rumor to try to get you back for a playoff run? Uh, I don't think the Tyron thing really got that close. I mean, obviously, people across the league reached out, not in the Cowboys, but just fans, uh, media members that, you know, obviously you've come close with, different coaches. Like, oh, man, you know, are you going to do it? And and so it was, it was fun rhetoric and all that. But, yeah, the Cincinnati thing is, is uh, up again. I think when you're one of those guys that's just out of the league and, and uh, people have a lot of respect for, you're always going to be in those conversations. And so I think this one's more of a, you know, Cincinnati Bengals faithful have always been amazing to me. And, and uh, I can thank Peter Schrager for stirring <laughs> the pot a little bit. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's fun. It, you know, I, I appreciate it. I really do. And, um, like I said, I, n- I never say never to opportunities to play in the game right now just because I am still close enough to where I think I might could do it. But uh, there's so much that would go into that. I mean, you know, it would have to be, you know, the Rams still under technically under the reserve list for the Rams. You'd have to get released from that. Then you got to find out if Cincinnati even wants you. Uh, you know, the actual in the building, not the fans. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to that. So, you know, I think for me right now, man, I'm just, I'm loving what I'm doing, and uh, all the love and, and uh, admiration from those fans has been really special, man. I love this game, and uh, I love the league, and and I love truly love Cincinnati and LA, where I've gotten to play and be a part of those fan bases. So, I just appreciate all the love and the admiration from those folks. All right, last thing: Did you get on this beer bicycle yesterday? Number one and two. Uh, I'm a huge barbecue guy. We are in Texas. What did you end up getting for lunch at the Peg Leg Porker? Uh, we went a little. We went some pulled pork and then uh, did a little half chicken. You know, some baked beans, a little mac and cheese. Okay. Uh, and you know, you can't you can't go to a barbecue spot if they offer banana pudding or some bread pudding. You got to take it down. So I did a little, <laughs> just a little, you know, not too much. <laughs> a couple bites couple dabbles uh but it was great no i'm you know what i'm trying to get one of these bikes today because i, I want to go to the stadium on one of the party bikes today so <laughs> that's my goal i want i want to arrive dressed ready to go on a party bike uh i've been calling this morning already i'm, I'm gonna find a way to get there put marshawn on there sherm on there and your fitzpatrick yeah in, in a beach shirt. Right, told him. We're, we're riding over there today riding over holding one of duke many weathers beers in your hand there you go <laughs> There you go. Andrew, thank you so much. We knew it would be good. You were fantastic, man. You're welcome anytime, and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you for uh, all the insight this morning. I appreciate it, fellas. Thank you all. There he is, Andrew Whitworth, Amazon Prime tonight on the Diamond Factory Hotline. That was great stuff, man. Good job, Bobo. Good job booking it. That was good stuff on the offensive line, Dak, everything. The Cowboys are talking to Terrell Owens. And the foods that got canceled in 2022. All that, Mike Golick Jr. and Babe Laufenberg on the way next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.